0: All right. Hallelujah. Are you happy this morning? Can we just thank God for the worship? The presence of God. Isn't it, isn't it so good to just, just be in the presence together as a family? It's it's what it's all about. You you the joy of the Lord is in this room. Amen. And and just so you know, the, that joy is not a feeling. Joy is a person, and his name is Jesus Christ. You feel that this morning? Like the King of Kings is here, and he's where our joy comes from. Are you with me? He is joy. He's where it's come from. He's the source of it. And, you know, happiness comes and goes, but joy remains. Joy lives from within. Amen? Joy comes from knowing that Jesus is for you, he's with you, and he's working all things for the good in your life. That's joy right there. Amen. Yes. We can always have joy because we always have Jesus. I, I, um, I'm excited to share my heart this morning uh, with you. I, uh, I got just a couple announcements, or they would actually be reminder announcements. The uh, food pantry slash ministry room is wide open. Hallelujah. It's so amazing. There is a place out in the foyer. There's a big gray bend where you can come and drop non-perishable foods. We have a freezer in the back. If you need to know where to take the meat, I'll take you and show you. But man, we've already had uh, people coming and dropping off food and dropping off things. Thank you so much. Thank you for sowing into the kingdom and ultimately sowing in to precious people's lives. Man, We have, we have an outreach coming up this coming Saturday. From 12 to 2, we'll meet here at the church. We're going to bag up or box up our, our items in the pantry room, and then we're going to go to Woodlong. Okay, we're partnering with Hope Street Ministries, Keith and Sissy Crow, and we're just going to go throughout the neighborhoods there, passing out uh, food and praying for people. As simple as that. Isn't that amazing? Just. Just come, look if, if you just want to come and show up and go to Woodlong and just follow the team and intercede for people that's perfect. If you just want to come and pass out food and let other people pray for people, that's perfect man come and be a part of it man but it's the, the pantry room is open okay so you can drop off food from Sunday to Thursday between 9 a.m and 1 p.m Amen. So just come and, and, and drop things off. Amen. Amen. God's good, man. I'm getting so excited about this thing. The the shelves are getting full back there. I'll keep this kind of anonymous, but I had somebody call me uh, a couple weeks ago, and they're like, hey, Wes, God put it on my heart to just bring a bunch of of ground beef and fill your freezer up. And they did. They showed up and brought 50 pounds of individual ground beef and just filled the freezer up, and we're going to use it for the Woodlawn Ministry. Isn't that amazing? So... Things like that are happening, man. And and look, look, man, the kingdom of God is just going to be built, and it's going to go forth through it. And I'm excited, and we all get to be a part of this. Amen? Amen. In some way, shape, form, or fashion. Okay. You happy? Man, I'm still like (sighs) from worship. (laughs) I'm still wanting to dance around. I have uh, a lot on my heart this morning, and so I'm just going to do my best to unload it. In in a timely manner, and if we when when we run out of time, it's okay, because it's all about the spirit anyway. But I tell you what's, what's on my heart this morning. It's it really simply, it's Jesus. Jesus is, is always on my heart, but I, I, and more specifically, man, I want to talk about this morning our hot pursuit of Jesus Christ. What it actually looks like for you and I as believers to pursue him. Because look at me, you guys. Man, Jesus is everything. Jesus has changed the game for you and I as believers. He has and continues to change our life. If we'll let him. And we must be in hot pursuit. And I feel like one of the things that the Holy Spirit is doing right now In the body of Christ, I feel like it's less of like this invitation and more of like him drawing and compelling. And I would even say it's Jesus pushing us to this right here for you and I to be completely and utterly, wholeheartedly surrendered to this man named Jesus. This We're living in a moment where it's an all-out surrender. It is no longer about a battle. The battle has already been won. This is about you and I laying down our life for this man named Jesus Christ. Are you with me? And I feel like we're in a season where the Holy Spirit's saying, It's all or nothing. There is no in-between life. You guys, it's like you're all in or you're all out. It's Jesus or nothing. I feel like one of the things that believers are discovering is that when we live life in the in-between, we're actually discovering that that's actually no life anyway. You you, you just assume life in the in-between is just as miserable as us turning our back on God and running the other way. And I feel like the Holy Spirit's saying this is an all surrender kind of time that we're in. In the life of us as believers, are you with me? Are you excited? I, I feel like the Holy Spirit saying, "Now's the time to not just believe in Jesus and try to follow Him. It's time to believe that you can become like Him because He now lives in us." Are you with me? Look at me, Church. Jesus living in us has changed everything, and I feel like. The Holy Spirit's saying it's time for you and I to be who God says we truly are. And who we are now is no longer we that lives, but it's Christ that lives in us. Are you with me? I know you know that up here, but it's got to connect right here. It's beginning to connect here for me. And it's changing the way I walk, the way I talk, the way I respond to people, the way I love my family. Ultimately, what I feel like the Holy Spirit is doing in this season is he's saying Jesus has to be the goal in your life. He is the goal. He is the dream fulfilled. We all have dreams. We have passions. We even have callings. But Jesus is the one true dream fulfilled. And we have to be careful that we're not pursuing the calling and the dream because that sounds good. God's called me to this. He's put this dream in my heart. But we have to be careful we're not chasing and pursuing it rather than the one who gave it to you, Jesus Christ, because only He can truly fulfill and satisfy you. You can land in the promised land. but if He is you're not in hot pursuit of Him and He's not the ultimate dream, the promised land will never fulfill you. I promise. And so I feel like we're in a season where the spirit saying the goal has to be Jesus. As a matter of fact, in James chapter 3, verses 2 and 3, it says our goal in this Christian life is to become more and more like Christ every day of our life. And we can because he now lives in us. You know, when Jesus told the disciples to come and follow me, I'll make you fishers of men, they physically followed him. Yeah. But how many of you know that once Jesus was crucified, resurrected, and ascended, and the Spirit came, Jesus lives in us through the agency of the Holy Spirit and power. Now we're not just following Him. We get to do what He did, even greater things than these. Are you with me? Now we get to truly represent Him. Now it's no longer we, but He. Woo! I'm telling you, Christ in us has changed the game. It's time to get in the game. It's time to make Him your goal. I mentioned this a couple of weeks ago, but you know, if we're not careful, oftentimes as believers, it's like our goal in this Christian life is just to be the best version of ourselves. So many times, that's it. Our goal is just, if I could just overcome this sin that's plaguing me, which by the way, the Bible doesn't encourage you to overcome anything. It says that you are more than a conqueror because the conqueror lives inside of you. See, Christ in us changes the game. Oftentimes, we're focused on the wrong thing. And sometimes, if we're not careful as believers, our goal is just to be a good Christian and just follow Jesus and just to overcome. And, and I feel like, listen, Melanie shared this profound word last week, man. And, and, and if I could, I'd just preach the whole thing over again because I think we need to hear it all over again. But I want, you can go back and listen to it. And even if you were here, you should go back and listen to it again. But Melanie asked this profound question last week. It's so simple but profound. She said, where is your focus, sons and daughters? What are are your eyes fixed on? Because oftentimes our eyes are fixed on one of two things. It's either fixed on the storm that's happening around us or it's fixed on you. Right? Rather than being fixed on Jesus. See, when your goal is just to be better or just to follow Jesus or just to overcome, the focus is on you and what you need to do and where you're not yet. Rather than being on Jesus and what He's already done and who He says you are. Woo! Are you with me? Our focus has to be on Jesus. Did you know that when your focus, attention, affection is on Jesus and He's your goal, and you're in hot pursuit of Him, that that's when sin becomes few and far between in your life. You know that the battle is not against sin. That the battle is against whether or not you and I wake up every day and surrender our life to this man named Jesus. We don't need more Christians! We need believers to look at Jesus and say, I believe that you are who you say you are. And my goal is to become like you because you live in me. How many of you know when that becomes the focus, that sin becomes few or far between. All of a sudden when you're tempted, it's not just that's so wrong. It's that Jesus is so right. And you have no desire to be a part of anything that doesn't look like him or smell like him or talk like him. If it's not Jesus, that makes you sour to your stomach. Because I'm, I'm thinking about a life apart from him. Even living one moment apart from what he has for you. Man, you can't afford it. We live in the kingdom. We can't live beneath the reality of the kingdom that we, li- that we live in. we got to stop selling ourselves short because Jesus lives in us. And oftentimes, if the focus is not on you, it's on the storm around you rather than being on the one who can calm the storm, Jesus Christ. How many of you know that all it takes is peace, be still from Jesus? He's the storm calmer. And because he lives inside of you, it doesn't matter what's happening around you. You're good. You're calm. You're not panicked. You're not worried. You know exactly what to do and exactly who to turn to. You turn to him. You stay in hot pursuit of him. You just lean into him. And all of a sudden you realize, man, Oh, I begin to rise above the storm. I begin to see it for what it really is. I begin to see everything through the lens of Jesus. Where is our focus, man? It's got to be on King Jesus. Hey, look, man, I'm just, listen, every time I preach, I'm just going to bring Jesus. It's just probably, it just might be a different angle. I can I will never stop talking about this man named Jesus because he's changed me and he continues to change me. Are you with me? Where is our focus, man? I, I, I'll, I'm going to quote uh, Jeremy, my brother. He's, he's a great guy. He, and it's, so, it's funny because Melanie actually quoted him last week and, and, and said the same thing that I'm about to say. But it's just too good of a quote. And it, I really feel like it fits what the Holy Spirit's doing right now in this season. But Jeremy says, it's not just about the breakthrough. It's also about the follow through. Are you with me? That this, this is about you and I locking eyes with Jesus. We're either all in or we're all out. The Holy Spirit's not inviting. He's pushing. He's compelling. He's saying the goal has to be Christ. Here's the reality. Everybody look at me, church. This is so important. Jesus is not looking for members of a church. He's looking for disciples. Yeah. The, the membership is over with. He's not looking. He's looking for disciples. And his definition of discipleship probably looks a lot different than ours. A scripture that keeps coming to my heart in this season of my life right now is Luke nine twenty three and 24. It says, unless we or unless you deny yourself and take up your cross daily and run after me, you cannot be my disciples. I'm going to say that one more time. Unless you deny yourself, take up your cross daily and come after me, you can't be my disciples. See, the... the Jesus' definition of discipleship and ours probably looks different because true discipleship looks like you and I dying. How exciting is that? True discipleship looks like you and I laying down our life for the one who laid down his life for us, and the result is that we come alive. Isn't that how the kingdom of God works? In order for there to be a resurrection, there had to be a crucifixion. In order for us to come alive, we got to lay down our life. Are you with me? And when we do, when we lay down our life for the one who laid down his life for us, boom, man. Resurrection, life. Because see, Luke 9, 24, the next verse says, if you hang on to your life, you'll lose it. But if you let go of your life for the sake of Christ, you'll gain a life worth living. Look at me, church. If there's any part or any area of your life that you're still hanging on to, if there's any part or area of your life that you know that God's telling you to lay down, but you're still hanging on to to it, I got news. That part of your life is already dead anyway. It has no life on it. But it's when we give him everything. Did you know that God desires and requires 100% of us? And when we give him 100%, when we give him everything, that's when every area begins to experience the life he always intended for us to, the life that Jesus paid for us to have. Look, I'm telling you right now, the moment that we are in is an all-surrender moment. Huh? It's, I mean, it's, it's an everything kind of moment. I, I, two, I talked to two people just over the past week and a half right here at Arise Birmingham, one on a Wednesday night and one on a Sunday morning. They just came up to me and tapped me on the shoulder and said, Wes, can I talk? And I said, sure, man. And both of them essentially said this, Wes, I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired. Both of them believers, but they said, man, I have not fully surrendered my life to Jesus Christ. Did you know that there's a difference between Jesus as Savior and Jesus as Lord? He doesn't just want to save us. He wants the Lord from within us. This is the moment that we're in. And I looked at both of them and I said, I got the greatest news in the world. I said, I said, grace, God's grace is sufficient. And grace is a person. And his name is Jesus. And he's standing right here in front of you. And his arms are open like this. And he's ready to forgive you, set you free, baptize you afresh in his blood, make you brand new. And your response to this, forg- this forgiveness, to this freedom, man, gets to be to run with him for the rest of your life. Absolutely. To lay down everything and both of them right there on the spot, ask for forgiveness, receive the fresh baptism, and recommitted their life to Jesus Christ. Because I'm telling you, this is what the Holy Spirit's doing right now. Are you happy? Jesus is the goal. There's, there's another scripture that keeps coming to my heart in this season. Jeremy actually shared it two weeks ago. So Melanie's message last week was so fire. The week before that, Jeremy's message was so fire. You got to go back and get all of them. And, and Jeremy I shared this scripture, and then he asked a profound question. So Melanie asked a profound question last week. She says, where's your focus? Jeremy asked a profound question the week before. I'm going to tell you what that is. And this morning, I'm going to ask a profound question to just keep in in time with that, okay? (laughs) But just a minute. So the scripture that Jeremy quoted two weeks ago is one that's been on my heart. It's Isaiah 54, 2. And it says this. It says, To expand the territory of your tent. This is what the Spirit's doing. Expand the territory of your tent pegs. And then it says stretch wide your curtains. And then it says don't hold anything back. Y'all look at me. This is so simple this morning. But we got to get this. We can't hold anything back if we want to truly be alive. Is there anything in your life that you're hanging on to? Is there anything that you're holding back? Because the Spirit's going, hey, right now is the moment we're, we're expanding the territory. We're stretching the curtains. Make sure you don't hold anything back. And then Jeremy asks this profound question. He goes, how is your heart? Amen. <laughs> Because sometimes in our hot pursuit of Jesus and Him being the goal, sometimes when in the stretching, in the expansion, man, it can be challenging. It it, it can downright just end up being hard. How many know that faith doesn't deny the reality of the situation or the circumstance? Faith just doesn't allow it to have a bigger influence than the cross of Jesus Christ. Woo! Woo! Faith doesn't deny and pretend like it's not happening. Faith just looks it square in the eyes through the lens of Jesus Christ and rises above it and says, Jesus, you will be my biggest influence in the midst of everything I have going on in my life. Are you with me? So if we're being just really real this morning in the expansion, in the stretch, and in our pursuit, man, sometimes, man, it can get tough. And Jeremy goes, man, how's your heart? Because God cares about your heart. And he wants to go through it right there with you. And he hurts when you hurt because that's the kind of father Amen. that he is. Amen. He's not distant. He's close. He's not far. He's personal. He's not out to get you. He's here to help you. Yeah. This is the father that he is. I, I want. Can I speak to this just a few more minutes? Because some of you are going through stuff. And I got a word for you this morning. <laughs> You should be sitting on the edge of your seat if you're going through something. Get ready because the word of God, man, is about to come alive. In the book of James, chapter three, verses two and three. Nope. In the book of James, chapter one, verses two through four. It's all up here, and I'm trying to live it out right here. So sometimes the address comes out wrong. Okay, look. I actually I wanna if we'll see what kind of. Oh, ain't mm -mm, ain't gonna happen. I, I I want my 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 goal this morning, besides being Jesus, was to talk about this man named James. Man, we as a, a young adult group, we are going through the book of James, those five chapters, and I I'm I'm telling you right now, it, it, I'm kind of like in this place. It's like I hope the young adults are getting something out of it, but it's okay if they're not because I am. I'm just like diving ahead. I, I feel like the Holy Spirit right now. He's just like Wes. Like, you need to dive headfirst into this man named Jesus and don't ever come up for air. Do you understand that we're not supposed to be treading water as believers? Even in the midst of the storm, we're not supposed to be gasping for air. Do do, do you understand that? That, like, when we dive headfirst in with a reckless abandonment, the deeper we go, the easier it is to actually breathe. And I feel like that's what the Holy Spirit's doing right now in my life. And so anyway, we're going through the book of James and it's the way that James pursued Jesus and ultimately the way that he was devoted and surrendered to Jesus, I feel like is so relevant to what's happening right now in the body of Christ. It's changing my life. So I want to talk about him this morning, but here's the scripture first. James 1, 2 and 4, it says, "Uh, Consider it pure joy, my brothers, when, not if, but when you face trials of many kinds. Because you know that the, test of your, uh, the testing of your faith produces perseverance. And perseverance must finish its work so that we become mature, complete, integrous, and ultimately begin to look more and more like Christ Jesus. Are you with me? Should I quote it again? Because that is fire. Consider it joy, my brothers, when you're faced with trials. Man, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance, and perseverance it has got to complete its work yeah. so that you become mature, complete, your integrity begins to grow, and you begin to look more and more like Jesus. And if you look up, here's what's so exciting. If you look up what that word perseverance means, in the original Greek uh, language and the original Greek definition, it means to stay put. It, it means to stay under. It means to wait. It's, it's sort of cousin's to the word that Melanie preached on last week, on weight. It would be like a cousin to that word. It means to endure, to stay under. But see, oftentimes when you and I are faced with the trial, when life throws us the curveball, because here's the reality, man. In our hot pursuit of Jesus and Him being our goal, sometimes life throws us the curveball. Sometimes we're faced with unexpected things. How many of you know that we live in the kingdom but we live on the earth and on the earth it's filled with trouble. There's hurting broken people, it's sin. But see we get the privilege of knowing John 16:33. Jesus says, "In this world you'll have trouble, but take heart, I've already overcome it." So we get to see it. We get to rise above it from his perspective. Isn't that comforting? But the reality is, is in our pursuit, things happen. People treat us wrong. Life throws us a curveball. And oftentimes in the midst of it, man, the first thing we want to do is run. We want to remove ourselves from the situation. We want to hide. We want to get out of the way. And James is going, no, 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 no you you need to stay put. You need to persevere. Why? Because God's doing something. See, the reason we want to run and hide is because we think it's too hard. We think what we're going through is too heavy. Look at me, church. God will never allow you to go through anything that you can't not just overcome, but conquer because he's already conquered it himself. And But look at me. When I say God allowing you to go through something, I'm not saying that he caused you to go through it. I'm not saying that he, he does not cause, I know I'm preaching to the choir. God doesn't cause your tribulation, your pain, your sickness, your trial, your circumstance. That's not who he is. Are you with me this morning? Some of you looking like, I'm not sure, Wes. You, God is not out to get you. He's here to help you. God is not the source of your pain. He's the source of your healing. It's why he sent Jesus to this earth to rescue us, to renew us, to forgive us, to heal us, to save us. Do you understand this? In Romans 8.31, it says that God is for you, not against you. So that trouble that you're faced with because he's for you, it can't be from him. Woo! You understand the Psalms 119.16, it says the highest heavens are God's. I preached on this last time, I think. But the earth he's given to mankind. You know, in heaven, there's no pain, there's no sickness, there's no situation, there's no storm, there's no trial. And the Bible says in Ephesians 2, 6 that we're seated with him. So God doesn't have any of those things to give. (laughs) Because he's for you, not against you. But just, just because he didn't cause it to happen doesn't mean he can't use it for his glory. Are you with me this morning? Here's where it gets really exciting. I don't know what I'm doing. Just because he didn't cause, doesn't mean he can't use it. See, God doesn't waste anything. See, see, if in, in the midst of the storm, in the midst of the trial, if we'll stay put and we'll stay under and we'll continue our hot pursuit of Jesus, if we'll continue to keep our eyes on him, if we'll continue to lean into the Father, man, all of a sudden, man, he'll begin to speak. He'll, he'll begin to reveal things. He'll begin to heal. And he'll not just get you through it. He'll help you conquer it. And you'll become better because of it. Are you with me? This is how good the Father is. We're wanting to run. We're wanting to get away. And James is going, Now you're missing it. God's up to something. He's working in your life. If you'll stay put, you'll hear his voice. If you'll stay put, he'll reveal. He'll heal. You won't just get through it. You'll overcome it, you'll conquer it, and the result will be you'll become mature, you'll become complete, your integrity will grow, and you'll begin to look more and more like Christ. And it not only will impact you, it will begin to impact the world around you. Are you with me? Because the goal, it's not to just follow Jesus and get through life. The goal is to become like him, and we can because he lives inside of us. And because that's true, we can consider it pure joy. Because we know that the result is maturity, is completeness. It's us looking more and more like Christ. Did you know that, that Jesus is the greatest example of this? Well, Jesus is the greatest example of, of everything. But, you know, when, you remember when Jesus was in the Garden of Gethsemane. Right before he was arrested and crucified. And it says... It says that he stumbled and he fell down on the ground. And then he says, he prays this prayer. God, if it be your will, let this cup pass for me. But not your will, but, uh, not my will, but your will be done. You remember that prayer? And I believe with all my heart that the moment Jesus prayed that prayer, that he knew it was not the Father's will for that cup to pass for him. I believe he knew that it was the Father's will for him to be crucified. And so what did Jesus do? He stayed put. He didn't run. He didn't remove himself. He didn't hide. He persevered. He stayed under. He waited. You know why? He knew God was doing something. He knew that there was a bigger work taking place. As a matter of fact, the soldiers came to arrest Jesus. And Peter takes out his sword and slices off an ear. And Jesus picks the ear up and puts it back on the soldier's head. (laughs) What? Can you imagine that scene? Do you understand that that really happened? Do you understand that Jesus really picked up an ear and somehow sewed it back on the soldier who was going to arrest him and crucify him? And then Jesus turns to Peter and says, listen, that ain't how it's going to go down. If you live by the sword, you will die by the sword. Do you not know, Peter, that right now in this moment, I could call down 12,000 legions of angels to wrap this whole thing up if I wanted to? But no. That ain't how it's going down. God's working. He's up to something. I'm staying put. I'm staying under. See, Jesus knew who he was. He knew who his father was and his eyes were in the right place. I'm staying under. I'm persevering. And the result of his perseverance, the result of ultimately the crucifixion was that three days later was the resurrection. How many you know that God is working and moving when we don't see it, when we don't feel it, and when we don't understand it? Are you happy this morning? Woo! The result of him staying under and staying put, oh, was the resurrection life, not just for him, but for the whole world. And that's why it says in Hebrews, it was the joy that was set before him. That he gladly endured the horror of the cross. It didn't mean that he enjoyed hanging on the cross. It just meant he thought about you and I having resurrection life that it brought him joy. Because joy didn't come from the outside. Joy comes from the inside. And it's the same reason that James says in chapter 1, consider it pure joy. Not that you enjoy going through your trial. But you know that the result is maturity. It's being complete. It's being integritous. And it's becoming more and more like Christ. Are you happy? If you're here this morning and you're going through something or you're struggling with something, I'm spitting (laughs) everywhere. If you're here this morning and you're going through something or life has thrown you a curveball, God gives you permission to be excited. And if we'll keep our eyes on the prize and we'll stay in hot pursuit and if we'll lean in, if we will allow every moment of our life to be surrendered to God, man, powerful things will begin to happen in your life. Here's what you'll discover. If you won't run, if you won't hide, if you won't remove, if you won't get away from it, but if you'll persevere, the, the actual Greek word is hippomone. Hippomone. If you'll hippomone, if you'll stay under, if you'll endure, man, I mean, the result will be your life never being the same. You looking more and more like Christ, and watch. Here's what's so amazing. Here's what we miss so many times. Oftentimes in life, if if life hasn't thrown us a curveball. I mean, we're, we're so focused on where where we're not yet. I'm not where I want to be and I'm not doing what I want to do. And so we're miserable. But if Jesus is the dream fulfilled, it doesn't matter what your hand finds to do. We're fulfilled and satisfied because we have him. Yeah. Woo! Woo! Come what may, no matter what I'm doing right now, the point, the reason, the purpose, the dream fulfilled has to be Jesus Christ. And if we'll live from that position and from that stance, all of a sudden, man, not only will God not just get us through, it, we'll be overcoming and conquering, man, we'll we realize that God wants to use us. We'll realize, man, that God wants to use us as a vessel to release his love, his goodness, and his kingdom through right in the middle of you not being where you want to be. If you'll turn to Jesus and go, Jesus, you are where I want to be. Your life will never be the same. Are you happy? I can't tell you the, the times in my life where I'm like, this is, God, please tell me this ain't the promised land. Amen. Please tell me this isn't it. And, and, and God goes, hey, Wes, did you know that it's actually not about the promised land? Yeah. Do, do you know that uh, in Exodus chapter 33, verses 1 through 3, God tells Moses, hey, I, I'll, I will go ahead and give you the promised land. I swore to give you this promised land that I promised Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. It's yours. You can have it. But just so you know, I won't be going with you. I'll send angels, but my presence will not be with you. And Moses, he saw right through it. And you know what his response was? God, if we get into the promised land and you're not with us, we'll be just as lost there as we were 40 years wandering around in the desert. Yes. Church, look at me right now. It's, a, it's, it's the presence. Yes. It's the presence of God. It's everything. Jesus is the goal. He is the dream fulfilled. And when he becomes the dream fulfilled and you're locked eyes with him, you're in a every moment kind of surrender to him, you'll rise above storms. Sin will become few and far between. You'll already be in the dream of a lifetime and you'll discover that God wants to use you right where you are with anything that your hand finds to do. And you'll discover that you don't actually have to take matters into your own hand to get to the promised land. God will bring you there in his perfect timing, in his perfect way. Because he is the dream. He is everything. Are you with me this morning? It's an all surrender kind of moment. The battle it's not against the enemy, it's not against sin, it's not against the storm, it's against whether or not you and I will wake up every day and get on our knees and say, Jesus, I'm all yours today. Every moment of my life is yours. Let's all stand up. So the (laughs) this is amazing. Are you all happy this morning? Yes. I, the invitation this morning is surrender. It's like it's like all or nothing. And as they play the song this morning, I'm just going to open up the front here, and for you to come and just. Lay your life down for the one who laid his life down for you. If there's any area or any part of your life that you're hanging on to that you know you should be releasing and letting go for God, man, I just challenge you to do that this morning. So that Jesus can fulfill that part in your life like nothing and no one else can. If you're here this morning and you're going through something, life has thrown you a curveball, you're in the midst of a storm, this morning is the time for you to say, Jesus, I'm locked my eyes are locked on yours and I commit right now to not running not hiding but persevering waiting and staying put because I know that you're up to something I know that you're working and I look forward to maturity to completeness to my integrity growing I look forward to becoming just like you Jesus and I can because you live in me Are you with me? If you need to ask Jesus to come into your life for the first time this morning, it's real simple. Acts 2.21 says, whoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Jesus, I believe in you. Forgive me for my sins and come into my life. You say something like that and he'll do it and you'll never be the same. If you need to recommit your life to Jesus this morning, the invitation is for you jesus i give you everything if you need healing in your body this morning guess what jesus is right here ready to touch you and bring healing to you whatever it is that you need you can stay put you can come forward i'll be here to pray with you let's pray god we love you we give you the honor we give you the glory we give you the praise god we thank you that your presence is here that your presence is in the room we thank you that you love us god that you love us and that your power comes with your love and your powerful love changes us forever and so we receive it tonight i thank you of this morning i thank you right now this morning that hearts would be surrendered that that every person in this room would give you everything because in you jesus is life we ask all this in your name jesus hallelujah